looks this up and he says he desires, he requests, he wants to obtain. And then there's also the series called Jesse, Rick Hose, Jesse Lindley. I have heard him communicate very effectively the things of God. The law, when you go for it, you see the healing process. That was for her. Those eight small steps after that occurred, she completely healed in those eight steps. It's going to be on five different platforms to start off with. Rumble, YouTube, Apple TV, Roku, and of course, TrainingTV.com. Now that's Training to Rain, so it's a play on words. This is television that trains you to reign in Christ.
Good evening, Lake Church. It's so good to see all of you tonight. It's great to be together in the house of the Lord. Good evening to those of you watching online. It is such a good time to be together. I'm excited for what the Lord has tonight, and I hope that you are as well. I know it will be a good time. We have several things we need to go over. We do have Fight Club coming up here soon. It's Fight Club Conference and Convergence. Uh, it's September 15th and the 16th out at Lake Camp. And from what I understand, there's going to be lots of fun out there. There's going to be axe throwing, um, all the other, I don't know, it's all left me. But a lot of fun things. You'll have a good time together. And, of course, the word and fellowship. So you will not want to miss it. You can still register. You can do that online. So be sure you go out there and you get registered and ready for Fight Club that will be here very soon. Also, do not forget next month that we are going to be having a RISE conference. It is the 7th, excuse me, 16th through the 19th of October. It'll be 7 p.m. And then on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, there will also be a 10 a.m. session. And, of course, on that Sunday, the 16th, there's our regular church service which kicks off a rise so you will not want to miss it it is open to anyone that would like to come and attend it will be a great time to grow in the Lord just a great time to be together again in unity so that is the Arise Conference. Also, do not forget to download the Lake Church app if you have not done so already. It is on Church Center. You just go on there and you search for Lake Church. Now, when I downloaded it, it um, or uploaded it or whatever I did, it popped up and it said do it by location. So I did it here in Manford uh, for my house and it pulled up all the churches in Manford. And it's real easy to find Lake Church that way. So think about doing it that way. You can find the bulletin out there. Uh, all the things that you're going to need to know. So uh, if you've not done that yet, you might go ahead and do that. Also tomorrow is Young at Heart, and Young at Heart is going to meet over here at the main building. So if you are going to participate in that, be sure that you show up over here in the main building because that is where everyone is going to be and not over at Area 51, okay? So as we're finishing up with the announcements, we're going to transition into the different ways that you can give. So you can give four different ways. You can give online at lake-church.com. You can also give on the seat back with the envelope if you wish. You can also give on text to give if you would like to do that. And you can also give through the app. So again, if you have downloaded that, you can also give that way. So there's several different ways in which you can give. And remember, if you do want to wait till you're here for service, that we are just having the one service at 10 a.m. Because as we know, the Lord told pastor, one place, one accord, Holy Ghost. So don't forget it's 10 a.m. And that's where we're going to be if you're going to wait until you get here to give. So make sure you're here on time. All right. I am going to pray over the offering. And then um, you can prepare to give it however you need. Lord, we thank you right now for this opportunity tonight to give. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Lord, we thank you for the kingdom of God that is being changed because we're doers of the word. Lord, we thank you right now that people are saved all over the world because of our obedience. We thank you for, for the opportunity to be part of that. Lord, we thank you for the things here on earth that we're also being blessed with because we're doers of the word and we open up the kingdom of heaven into our lives. And we thank you for it, Lord, right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Lake Church. Hallelujah. Oh, good morning, huh? All right. <laughs> 
Well, we have some exciting things that are going to happen this next Monday. We're going to be kicking off uh, Train TV, which will be a which will be a streaming station. So I've got uh, Sam Hagar uh, put together a little bit of an advertisement. So I'm um, hopefully we can play that for you. Um, I saw them playing at pre-service, so I know they have it. So Mark, if you could go ahead and play. Something's wrong there. <laughs> Probably need to restart that. <clears throat> okay. Jesus broadcast. I think we're awesome. having some what trouble there. There we go. Is, is the Who's that handsome man? The businessman <laughs> and the church member that can shout unto God with a voice of triumph is the one that is going to win. I've got a featured series called Nakao Victorious. So I've been at the studio making some episodes. And uh, wow, it's about being victorious in Christ. Because there's something about knowing that God is for you and he's not against you. And when you have peace with God, that can get you through those times when you don't have peace with people. Now, I also want to point out that Pastor Kevin Barnell has a featured series called New Creation Conversations. He's got just a great testimony of how God saved him, delivered him from drugs and Thank 
And so we're going to be kicking that off on Monday the 12th, and uh, we'll start the programming around uh, 7 o'clock. Now, it'll be live every night except for Wednesday night because we should be here. Amen? And uh, so it'll be live. So you can catch any of these particular series that are that we have, which we have more coming. I talked with uh, <clears throat> Pastor Kenny Powers, and he's going to be sending some uh, teaching our way. And uh, so we've got several people that are as the as the uh, platform begins to grow. Now, TrainTV.com will have every episode as they're added, so you'll have an archive of every show and their uh, episode or their, um, their library. So looking forward to it. God is good. Got some good stuff. Be patient with us. It's not going to be fireworks right off the bat because they we're having to learn how to teach in a whole new way. But I believe that we are leaving a legacy and that we are leaving things for people after the rapture of the church. They'll be able to go to traintv.com and learn what's going on. Amen. So praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you ready to talk about the blessed hope? Glory to God. Well, we're going to finish off where we left off in uh, 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians. And we've been talking about the rapture of the church. And uh, it, it's very interesting to me that the uh, enemy would battle this doctrine. Uh, if you go to the first 200 years of church history after the apostles are what we would term the disciples of the apostles which would be that first generation church, um, you would see over and over and over and over again that they believed in a pre-tribulation rapture of the church. And uh, it was something that was consistent in all the early church fathers. They believed there was a cohesiveness to their doctrine in regards to this aspect it was only when we got to 350 to 400 A.D. that there began to be Gnosticism and false teaching that got into the church. And it not only robbed the church of the rapture, but it robbed the church of a lot of things. Trinitarianism was attacked. Doctrines that, that we must hold in high regard were actually toppled and uh, and basically neutralized within the church. So we have to understand that the reason why the enemy does not want you to believe in a pre-tribulation rapture is because he wants you to believe that you have more time to procrastinate your life. That's the bottom line. You put things off when something is not imminent. Come on now. I'm speaking the truth in love. People are slacking off, not doing the will of God for their life, putting off, doing what they should be doing because they don't believe in the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is a major doctrine for the church. 
It is, it is what definitely delineates us from the world and also from the Jewish nation because it's only the church that the rapture pertains to. Because the church was a surprise. It was something that the Jewish people did not understand. The church age or the age of grace that you and I live in was not something that they saw. They did not see that. Okay? Now I'm going to, you know, we're going to talk about some deep stuff here today. So lock and load and put your seatbelt on and your steel-toed boots. Okay? So what we're looking at here is we're looking at what we call the mountain peaks of prophecy. All right? These are the mountain peaks of prophecy. So over there on, I guess that would be on your left, is a prophet. Okay? This prophet is looking at events that the Bible talks about in regards to the Jewish timeline. Okay? So we begin to see first that the prophet saw the birth of Jesus. He saw Calvary. He saw Pentecost. And then there's a big valley in between there. And that valley was not seen necessarily explicitly by the Old Testament prophets. They understood that God was going to do something in regards to the Gentiles, which guess what? You're a Gentile and I'm a Gentile. If we are not Jews, we are Gentiles. Amen? And so God desires to bring in a harvest of the Gentile nations. So he uses the valley of the church or what we know as the dispensation of grace. Amen? Aren't you glad that you were born in the dispensation of grace? Amen. The grace of God has been shed for all men, for everyone. God has chosen since the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ to declare the world paid for by the blood of Jesus and that every human being that was born from that time forward has entered into a special dispensation of the grace of God Oh, you don't believe me. You don't believe me. You don't believe me. You've been coming to this church for 20 years. We ain't even been around 20 years and you don't believe me. I just got to throw some scripture on you. Okay, look at this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to give you a Bible belt right now. That's where we just... No, I'm just kidding. This is good. This goes down smooth. Verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. How many new creations do we have here today? Amen. That means this. The old has passed away. Amen. Glory to God. And behold, the new has come. And all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. See, you didn't have the ability to reconcile yourself to God. There's nothing you could do. You couldn't pay the price to get right with God. 
So God said, you know what? I'm going to have mercy and grace on you, and I'm going to pay the price for your penalty and for your sin. And I'm going to do it by sending my perfect son, God manifests in the flesh, to come and live upon this earth and to declare a message of reconciliation. Did you know that that is the message of the gospel? Is reconciliation and peace with God? Did you know that that's what the angels heralded when Jesus was born? It says, you know, goodwill uh, towards men. It's saying God's grace and mercy has been shown through Jesus to all men, not just some men. But to all men, hello, Tulsa County Jail, Green County Jail, death row, wherever a person may find themselves, the grace of God has been shed abroad in our lifetime to where people can get right with God by receiving Christ. And that means this, guys, God has been satisfied by the work of Jesus. No, well, let's just keep on reading. All this is from God who has reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So, He's not only redeemed us and reconciled them to himself, but now he tells us to go and tell others that they can be reconciled to God. Yes. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. That's what the, that's what the angel said. He didn't, they didn't get up there flying around, God's going to get you. God's going to get you. He's going to come in there. He's going to slap you down. He's got his fly swatter. He's going to take care of you. He's going to judge the wicked. and be. No, he said goodwill. Peace. In fact, one of the uh, parts of our armor are the greaves of peace, the greaves of the gospel of peace. We stand in that. We stand in the fact that God has reconciled himself to us through Jesus Christ. I don't think you understand where you're living at. You got your face in Fox News and CNN, you got your face and all that stuff and you think this is it. You are living in the greatest time that has ever been afforded for humanity. You are in the dispensation of the grace of God. God for a season has all humanity redeemed and paid for by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you live in it. You were born in it. You've been in it. You're hearing it every day. God loves you. God cares for you. God has a plan for your life. Those are not empty words. They're not empty promises. Grace, peace, and mercy to you. Those are things that couldn't be said beforehand. Now they're said in our lifetime. Your kids were born in the dispensation of grace. Oh, thank God. 
I, I just think we need to stop seeing God as our problem and realize that he has made a solution. And I'm sorry if you don't like his solution, but he has given us a solution. He has given us a way out, a way of escape. You know, we live in a church era where the church is more mad at God than they are the devil. And it, the Bible doesn't teach that God's your obstacle. He made a way where there was absolutely no way whatsoever. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm going to have to be hopping on the seats here if you don't get moving. Notice this. That is, this is the gospel ministry of reconciliation. Listen to this. Listen. Take it in, underline it, mark it in your Bible. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. We could stop, put the period there, and my goodness, that is incredible news. He reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. Notice this. Not counting their trespasses against them. I don't know. I don't know. I think we need to stand and give God's praise. Let's stand up and give God praise. Not counting. Not counting. Thank you, Lord, for not counting my trespasses. Thank you, Lord, for not counting my trespasses. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Say this with me. I'm so thankful. That my sins are not being counted against me. That I am reconciled. Christ has reconciled me. He paid the price. His blood washed me, cleansed me, made me whole. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. Amen. We might get up again. So get ready. Get ready. Just have a little place over where you can put your Bible and stand up. Aerobic night here tonight. We were strutting and running around last Wednesday. So we might do a little bit more. That's good news. That's good news. You know, I've done a lot of horrible things in my life. How about you? I've done some stupid stuff. Hello. And that totally goes against what religious Christianity talks about. Well, you know, God, he's just mad at you all the time. 
And you just got to stay, you know, just keep walking that straight and narrow. Yeah. Come on. Because if you don't, if you get off one step, he's just going to swipe you down. You're going to find yourself in jail. You're going to find yourself in the hospital. You're going to pay because you messed up. Hello. And you know darn good and well that there's seed time and harvest in anything. Amen. The wages of sin is death, but that doesn't mean that God's up there going, oh, I, I, I'm going to get old Joel today. I saw him steal that Snickers bar. <laughs> Back in 1972. Were you even born in 72? Well, you predestinated you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swat him now. I'm going to, you know, put cancer on him. This is what people think. I mean, it's ridiculous for me to be talking this way. It's absolutely ridiculous, but that's the way people think in their head. Oh my gosh, I'm paying for this. I'm paying for that. God is not right. imputing yes. your trespasses. That's what it says. Is this the Bible? Is this the Bible? Yes, it is. From Genesis to maps. This is the Bible. Amen? I mean, my goodness. It says right there. Does it say that in your Bible, Kevin? Does everybody see this? And is, is it saying, Kathy, does it say that in your Bible? All right. It, does it, it doesn't say that in your Bible? What does it say? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. So he says this. Now notice he, he doesn't just stop. Not counting the trespasses against them. And entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. See, that's your purpose in life. Everybody's saying, what's my purpose, Pastor? What's to be an ambassador of Christ? That's your purpose. Wherever you may find yourself at. Amen? You know, it's not about vocation. It's about position. You're an ambassador. Okay? Ambassador for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. That's our gospel. Be reconciled to God. Amen. He's reconciled himself to you. You've got to be reconciled to him. Come on now. Oh, what? Yeah, we got to see this. Okay. Let, let's go over to Isaiah. And this is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54. I like to read this scripture every once in a while. And just makes me happy. How many want to be happy tonight? Amen. We serve a good God. Amen. Amen. Now, Isaiah 53 is the great redemptive chapter. It's where we see the suffering Messiah taking our sin and taking our sickness. He becomes our substitute. God lays on him the iniquity of us all. That's what Isaiah 53 says. It also says that the Lord was pleased to bruise him. That means that the affliction of the wrath of God was something that, that God saw our liberty and our freedom and it pleased the Lord. And Jesus was pleased to do it. He says, I come to do thy will, O God. 
to be the substitute. And he wrestled with it because he sweated as if great drops of blood, saying, if this cup can pass from me, if there's any other way to do that, let's, let's let it go past. He said, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Aren't you glad he did that? Aren't you glad? So after Isaiah 53, in which we see Jesus suffering for the sins of all humanity, the, the prophet begins to prophesy about the day that would burgeon from that Calvary cross. The, the day that the blood and water that fell out of Jesus' body would birth something into the earth. And what it birthed was the dispensation of the grace of God. That's what it birthed. Because when God turned his back on his son, he turned his face towards you. Amen? Oh, get a hold of this. I mean, this is gospel 101. This is simple stuff, but I, you know, majority of people wrestle with their right standing with the Lord. They wrestle with whether God hears their prayers or whether God even cares about their situation. I'm here to tell you he does. He cared so much that before the foundation of the world, he made a plan for your life. And he knew you would be lost, dead in your trespasses and sins. And he made a way where there was no way. He sent Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, slain before the foundation of the world to be your substitute. And the more you trust in him, the greater you will experience divine life in your life. Amen? So I want to read verse 9 of chapter 54 of the, I call it the Gospel of Isaiah, okay? <clears throat> he says this about the day after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, the day that you and I live in. Notice what it says. This is like the days of Noah to me. As I swore that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so I have sworn that I will not be angry with you. There's people walked in here today thinking God's angry with them. And the Lord says very clearly that the substitute that the prophet saw on Calvary that's where God's anger and wrath was visited and meted out so that he could bring us into this valley called the church age, which is the age of grace that you and I live in. It's a dispensation like no other. There's no other dispensation. There's no other uh, economy in the outworking of God like the grace dispensation. None, none. You're living in the greatest time for the condition that we're in. Now, millennium is going to be pretty good. But I'm here to tell you, friends, right now, up to this time, we live in the greatest time that there is. And there's people who say, oh, we don't live in the great time. It's horrible. It's a, it's a toilet down here. And I totally agree. It's absolutely a toilet down here. I agree with you. I mean, my goodness, if you can't see that this thing's wearing out, you, you're blind. But we live in the grace of God. 
no matter where we find ourselves, whether we find ourselves in the mountain peak or in the valley, we are in the grace of God. Whether we find ourselves totally healthy today or battling symptoms in our body, we are in the grace of God. Whether we're having wonderful marriages or we're fighting each other tooth and toenail, we are in the grace of God. Amen? Whether we've got money in the bank or whether we are broken on fumes right now, come on now, wondering where we're going to get our next gas money, we are still in the grace of God. Whether we're in jail tonight or in the hospital or whether we're in the worst situation that we could possibly be or maybe we've lost someone that we've loved, we are still in the grace of God. You're swimming. You're floating in the grace of God. And I'm telling you, that's the only thing that can keep you afloat. That's the only thing that can keep you going in this world. I'm telling you what, when I see what God has brought me through, I could tell you that some of the worst possible things that could have happened to me have happened to me in the last six, seven years, but I can see the thread of grace and throughout all of it, and I can look back and know that God's grace has made it more than bearable. It has caused me to overcome great, extraordinary circumstances. Can anybody testify? Amen. Amen. Hello. Mm. Notice he says, I'm not going to be mad at you. He said, I should, uh, uh, and so I sworn that I will not be angry with you and I will not rebuke you. For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you and my covenant of peace shall not be removed says the Lord who has compassion on you. God's compassion is paramount in the age of grace that we live in. You're not living in the dispensation of the law. Let me say that over here. You're not living in the dispensation of the law. You're living in the dispensation of the grace of God. Jesus Christ fulfilled the law for you. I need to say this a hundred times. Jesus Christ fulfilled the law for you. You couldn't meet it. You couldn't do it. You still can't do it. You can't do it. Why? Because you are encased with this flesh and this flesh cannot be brought into any kind of subordination of law. It can be brought under the sway of the spirit, but it cannot be put under law. It will actually begin to regress and rebel. And anytime a law is brought to this flesh, it wants to break it. That's the reason why you don't follow directions. Good. That's the reason why when you get those toys for your kid that you have to put together, you don't even look at the instructions. Ain't nobody going to tell me how to put this thing together. Get the duct tape. I'm serious. We don't like it. You don't think you're not dealing with your flesh? Let someone tell you how to do something. 
Hello. Your flesh can't handle the law. But you are born of God. You're born again and you can subordinate your flesh to the recreated spirit. That's the only way. The only way you can bring your flesh under is by being born of God. Amen. I don't know why I'm saying this, but this is important, guys. Understand that. We are not in law. People are trying to make laws. Well, you know what? God will love you if you'll, if you'll do it this way. Come on now. Used to, and back in my day, it was about how you dressed. You know, and how you teased your hair to Jesus. Tower of Babel. Hello. They need to get delivered from their bondage. Hello, you got churches where men can wear whatever they want. They can walk in there, you know, just like Hoot was saying last Wednesday. They're just strutting in the church house, and their wives look like their mothers. Hello. I'm serious. I used to go to a catfish place where some of these people owned it. And that, the guy, the owner of the catfish place, he was all dialed in. He had them brush popper, them brush popper shirts. Anybody remember those brush yeah. popper shirts? He had them tight brush popper shirts on and these tight little wranglers that it looked like he painted on, you know, just rolled them on, you know. And he's, you know, with his, uh, his little boots and... He's just all down there. And then his wife comes out and I, I, who is this? Plain. Plain. And that's supposed to be godly. God hears her prayers because she looks the way she does. That's legalism, friends. It obscures the cross. It obscures the grace of God. Yes. It says, you know what? You got to add a little bit. You know, God loves you. He cares for you, but you got to take care of the rest. He's just going to save you from your sin one time. And then you got to walk that tight rope. And that's not the truth. You walk righteously because you are righteous. You don't walk to get righteous. I don't have a righteous walk to get righteous. I walk righteously because I am righteous. And it's not my righteousness. It's righteousness that's been given to me through this wonderful dispensation of grace where God came down and took my sin and took my sickness and took my bondage and took my addiction and took my... Hello? Amen. Come on now. God's not mad at you. Isn't that wonderful? He said, I'm not mad at you. I'm not going to rebuke you. He said, I'm not even going to lay your trespasses out. I don't have that black book anymore. Come on now. He don't have it. Amen. Glory to God. 
I'll tell you what, that's some good stuff right there. But guess what? The age of grace doesn't last forever. The age of grace does not last forever, guys. As wonderful as what we're experiencing right now is, it's going to end. That's why we have to keep it in our mind that our Lord and Master could return at any moment. Because if we don't have that in our mind, we will not be motivated to help anybody else. Now let's go over to the book of Romans. I've got a whole bunch of scriptures on my thing, and we'll put them up here in a minute here about 9 o'clock today. Okay, all right, about 9 o'clock tonight. Okay. Romans. <clears throat> Chapter 11, the age of grace, okay, look at, look at our prophet here. The prophet was blind to that valley. He couldn't see it. He saw all the wonderful things, and that's the reason why that when Jesus was on the Mount of Olives, you know, and he's about to ascend, they said, are you at this time going to establish the kingdom? Because they didn't know there was a valley, they didn't have any understanding. When he started using the word ecclesia, they knew the word. They understood it perfectly, but they didn't understand the ramifications of what the ecclesia was, was about. So the prophet sees the virgin birth, sees Calvary, sees Pentecost, but then immediately after Pentecost, guess who shows up? The Antichrist. So the Jewish mindset is that it's going to, you know, they're going to immediately, after Christ's work, they're going immediately into the Lord, the day of the Lord. Because that's when the Antichrist appears, it begins what is known as the day of the Lord. And the day of the Lord is not like a 24-hour period. The day of the Lord is the seven-year tribulation. It's, it encompasses the whole seven years. From the time that the Antichrist comes onto the scene to the time that Jesus eradicates him, you see, at uh, Armageddon, is known as the day of the Lord. Okay? I don't know what's going on here, but we'll be all right. Okay, all right. So, so you begin to see the Antichrist, then you see the Son of Righteousness. We see Jesus coming down on Mount Olivet again, and he exacts, and then he brings about what is known as the kingdom or the millennial kingdom, okay? So that's what the prophets saw. And that's what the disciples thought was going to happen. That's the reason why they said, we want to, uh, you know, I uh, guess it was uh, uh, John and James said, his mother came to him and said, can my boy sit on your right and on your left in your kingdom? See, they were all looking for Jesus to bring a physical kingdom immediately. They did not see the valley that you and I live in. And it's like that with human beings all the time when it comes with the dealings of God. We get a word from God and we don't realize that God has a process in bringing that to pass in our lives. And so we jump the gun or we make decisions that aren't really based upon, you know, thinking that it's going to be just this immediate. But God says, you know what? It's not so much about who you are. It's about everybody else. 
He says, I want everyone else to come into the knowledge that I have brought redemption through Jesus Christ. Amen? And so notice in uh, Romans chapter 11, in verse number 25, he says, lest you be wise in your own sight, I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel. He's talking about their ability to recognize and understand what God is doing. They're not able to see it completely. And that God has brought this blindness or this hardness into their life because of this age of grace, because God's desire is to bring the Gentile nations into the body of Christ, the fold of God. Amen? So he wants to graft everyone in into one tree instead of just dealing with Jew and Gentile. He wants a combination, one man. Amen? And so Jesus died for all. But notice this. It says until. So that, that's a time. That's a term of time, is it not? It means that there is up to this point or until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. So that tells me this, that the bringing in of the Gentiles in this dispensation has an end to it. And we're closer to it than we ever have been before. I told you, we're not watching for anything. The church is not watching. We don't have to watch. Jewish people that have not received the Messiah, they got to watch. There's signs that they're looking for. But the church is waiting. It's very different. The church is waiting with expectation. There is no scriptural mandate or directives on surviving the tribulation. So that tells me this, that God doesn't see his people going through the tribulation. Amen. Okay. All right. So let's go to our text now that I've done my introduction. <laughs> and we'll go over it again. The church of Thessalonica thought they had missed the rapture. They were facing extraordinary, excruciating circumstances in which they were being persecuted. In fact, tribulation means persecution. So they're writing the Apostle Paul and they're upset over the fact that they may have missed it. And the Apostle Paul begins to exhort. Now, look, before we look at this, let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Let's see how Paul taught them about the coming of the Lord. 
Notice he says in verse 10 of chapter 1. It says, and to wait, see that word, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. What does he say? He delivers us from the wrath to come. What does Jesus do? He delivers us from the wrath to come. Okay? Go over to uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And starting with verse number uh, 8. It says, But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So that means this, that the church was an entity that was not recognized by the prophets. Therefore, it is not a part of the 70th week of Daniel and the dealings of God with Israel. We can't make the church and Israel the same. We did not replace Israel. Israel is going to be dealt with by God. But they're going to be dealt with when the church is taken out of the way. Okay? So 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul says, Now concerning, or as we showed you, now on account of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and are being gathered together to him. So we kind of see two aspects of the coming of the Lord, that he's going to come, Perusia, make his a permanent dwelling place upon the earth, and then are gathering together to him. We ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or, or alarmed, either by spirit or spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. So he's basically saying, no matter what you're going through, the day of the Lord has not come yet, okay? And I'm going to give you instruction. And basically he says this at other times. He says, didn't you get this when I told you last time? Didn't you get this idea? See, the reason why we go over and over and over things is because you forget it. Well, I can't go down there on Wednesday night. He don't even, he don't even get on a new subject. He does the same old scriptures over and over and over again. Well, that's part of teaching. Because this information's different than the information on how to put a starter on your car, or how to conjugate verbs, and you know. Do you know uh, math? Very different. This information is so valuable that the enemy comes immediately to steal it from you because he doesn't want you thinking this way. He wants you to think, oh, you know, it's it, you know, when you see that treaty signed, Joel. When you see that Antichrist sign that treaty, then you you know it's the end. That's not what the church is waiting for. 
I ask you this question twice. Could the Lord Jesus Christ set up his kingdom right now? So you learned. No, he cannot. He cannot set up his kingdom right now. Because there are prophecies that are unfulfilled right now. But can the Lord come and get his church? Absolutely. Any moment. Any moment. And if you don't believe that, then I guarantee you, you're not evangelizing. You're not living right. Come Okay, all right. Now the Lord told me to go to the scripture. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you. Let's go to Luke 21. People say, well, that rapture, that's just escapism. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's exactly what Jesus said. Exactly. I didn't say it, the Lord said it, and I'm gonna prove it to you. Now notice this in verse 34. Because we're going to break down Matthew 24. I don't know if we'll get to it tonight, but we'll, we'll get to it. But uh, in Luke chapter 21 and verse number 34. Now notice what Jesus says. He says, but watch yourselves. Now who are we supposed to watch? Ourselves. Signs in the heavens, blood moons. Nope. No. no, that's for the Jewish nation. Yeah. Right. No, we're supposed to watch ourselves. And there's not a whole lot of that going on, guys. We're so distracted in this, ma in this matrix that we don't know what day it is. Hello, come on now. You know, there's a reason why they don't put windows and clocks in casinos. And the enemy does not want you to believe in an imminent return of Jesus for his church because he wants you to keep pulling the levers and playing the game. Yeah. It's when you decide not to play the game, that's when people start calling you ridiculous. Yeah. Hello. So he says, but watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation. That means, you know, with drunkenness, you know, intoxicating things of this earth. See, you, it doesn't, it's just not talking about beer or wine or booze. It's talking about sex and power and all, any of the vices that are out there. You know, getting yourself inebriated with this world. Hello? Anything that surpasses the preeminence of Christ in your life is something you can get drunk on. And it says, don't be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life. The majority of the church is bogged down with the cares of this life. The word cares there is the Greek word marimna in the Greek, and it means distractions. How does the enemy blind a believer? He blinds the believer with distractions. He doesn't remove sight. He just gets your focus on something else which causes you to be blind to what's around you. But notice what he says. 
and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth, but stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape. Oh, Jesus uses the word escape. Amen? I mean, well, you're just not a mature believer. Be able to stand when the Antichrist comes, you know, for that seven years. Listen, guys, you need to understand this. That God gives the authority to the Antichrist to harass the saints and, and overcome the saints. Those that call upon the name of the Lord after rejecting him for years and years and years and years, they're open to a different system. We're not in the age of grace when you're in the tribulation. The age of grace is gone. The minute the rapture of the church is over, the age of grace closes out. And we go into a new, an Old Testament form of dispensation because the temple is going to be operational. Jesus wants you to escape. Amen. Well, I'm going to be able to stand. I've got a bunker. We've dug down about 35 feet into the ground. Jim Baker is sending me a truckload of his um, food that tastes terrible, but it'll, it'll, it'll suffice us. We'll make it through. Not one time does the Bible tell you to do that. That's just a money-making scheme. That's lining someone's pockets. Do you know what Jesus tells us to do when we see all the freaky stuff that we're seeing? And you're going to see even more freaky stuff. He doesn't tell you to look at it. <laughs> he says, look up. Oh, my gosh. He says, look up. For your redemption draws nigh. That's what he says. He doesn't tell you to look down and around. He says, look up. He says, I'm going to come in the sky. It's just like he said, you know, Jesse DePlantis saw him come out of God the Father and all these redeemed were all around him and he's preaching in heaven and Jesus had fire in his eyes and he said, I'm going to bring them home. I'm going to go get them. I'm going to take them out of that mess. And grandma and grandpa and mom and dad and sister and brother that went on before you all shouted and was so excited about what Jesus was going to do for Wayne. I tell you what, we got our focus too much. We got our roots too much in this system. You need to, you know, you need to build altars and pitch tents. Instead of build homes. Amen. And pitch altars. Your altar life should be the primary form of your existence, friends. It should not be building wealth. 
You're miserable because of your stuff. And I'm not saying it's wrong to have stuff. It's not. It's not wrong at all. It's wrong for stuff to have you. You ever seen The Jerk? Remember The Jerk, the movie The Jerk? Steve Martin, he's about to leave his wife, you know, and she kicked him out. And she says, he says, I just need this cup. I just need this cup. If I just have this cup, I will just be just, well, I need this. And he starts pulling all the lamp and everything in there. And that's the way a lot of Christians are living their lives. Because they're weighed down. Jesus called it being weighed down. We need to live in anticipation that Jesus could split the sky at any moment. We should conduct our lives in that manner. We should plan our lives for that. That doesn't mean we don't buy homes. That doesn't mean we don't have children. That doesn't mean we don't in it. God can take care of all that, friends. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. It just means we just don't get our roots so down in here that we love this place more than we love heaven. So he says, pray that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Boy, I tell you what, that is awesome. I'm going to stand before the Son of Man. I'm going to escape. How about you? Anybody in this house going to escape? No, I want to stay and face the Antichrist. I want to continuously try to feed myself without the mark of the beast because I want to show that I am the most loyal and devoted follower of the Lord Jesus Christ because I'm arrogant and proud. That's foolishness. Hello. Why in the book of Revelation after the third chapter, the church is not mentioned until the 21st chapter? Because the church ain't there. Are there saints in the tribulation? Yes, there'll always be saints. But guess what? The Antichrist was given authority over the saints during that seven-year period. You don't want nothing to do with that. You think tribulation period, you're going to be dancing and having services like this and stuff like that. No, you're going to be hiding. Because they're going to kill you. K-E-E-L, kill you. And they're going to hunt you down. And they're going to keep you from all kinds of resources. You don't want that. Okay, all right. I've got to do this before I quit. All right, I'm going to quit. I promise you. Are you getting anything out of this? Does this help anybody? Let's look at this wonderful scripture in Isaiah 26. See, the Old Testament talks about the resurrection and it gives you insight into the rapture. 
but it's not explicit. Because it was always God's plan. Always. God didn't just make this up. Oh, I think, hmm. You know, a rapture would be nice right there. Yes. No, he had it all planned before the foundation of the world. He don't make a move unless he's got a plan. But notice what he says in verse 19 of chapter 26 of Isaiah again. He says, your dead shall live. Their bodies shall rise. You who dwell in the dust, awake and sing for joy. So it's given us an insight in what's going to happen. I'm telling you what, when Paul comes out of that ground over there at Oak Hill, he's going to sing. I said, he's going to sing. He ain't going to sing. He's not going to, what the heck? He's not going to say that. He's going to sing. Hello. Glory to God. He's going to sing. He's going to be happy. Amen. This is what we've got to look forward to, my friends. Get your head out of the world's butt and start getting in the Bible. This is our promise. This is ours right now. Grandma's going to live again. Mama's going to live again. They're still alive. They're just going to get resurrected bodies. That's what he's talking about. He says, come, my people. Enter your chambers. I want you to underline that word chamber. It's a very definite Hebrew word. It's the word kadar in the Greek, C-H-E-D-A-R, and it means wedding chamber. He says, come in the wedding chamber. Well, guess what's going to happen while that tribulation is going on and the Antichrist is roaming the earth? You know where the church is going to be? In the wedding chamber. We're going to be judged at the bema seat of Christ. We're going to receive our garments based upon what we did upon the earth. So if you want to style, if you want to look good, then you need to do some stuff down here on earth. Not for your salvation, but to adorn yourself in the world to come. This isn't found in the book of Revelation. Okay? Then we're going to have a marriage supper of the Lamb. See, he said, he said, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God? You believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions, like King James. He says, if it were not so, would I have told you that I'm coming to prepare, to take you? And He says, I'm going to come and I'm going to take you to myself. Lambano in the Greek. That means I'm going to seize you and I'm going to take you and pull you to myself. Just like when I wanted Karen, I seized her. I lambanoed her, lambano. And I pulled her to myself. And that's the, that's the picture. Amen. He said, I'm going to pull you to myself that where I, you are 
where I am, you may be also. Where was he talking about? He was talking about the Kadar. He was talking about the wedding chamber. He says, and shut your doors behind you. Hide yourselves for a little while until the fury, and that's the tribulation, has passed by. For behold, the Lord is coming out from his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. And the earth will disclose the blood shed on it and will no more cover its slain. So here we see the entire picture. We see the rapture of the church, the resurrection of those that have went on before, along with those that have been translated and changed, taken to the wedding chamber to be hid for a season. And then the Lord is going to come and judge the earth. And guess who's going to be right tagging along with him? It's going to be you and it's going to be me. I've run out of time. I'm not going to go any further. I'll tell you what, this is this stirring you up. It should stir you up. I mean, my goodness gracious, you know, I mean, I love Tucker Carlson, but I'm telling you, he, he, he gets me aggravated sometimes. I mean, because there ain't no hope with him. There ain't no hope. I mean, when you look on YouTube and it says, this is the worst thing that has happened, you know, that's the subtitle on it. You know, I mean, I, I, I love listening to some of that stuff, but my goodness gracious, don't you think that this is a lot better to listen to? This is good news. This is real good news. I'm telling you, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to know that this is our future. This is our future. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what, we need to get more excited about it. We need to see it captured in our mind's eye. See ourselves with those that have went on before us. See ourselves with the family of God. See ourselves with Jesus. See ourselves being transformed and changed. The reason why there's so much imagery of this is because the Lord wants you to use your imagination. He wants to solidify it in your heart and in your mind so that when trouble comes, you can always know God's got me. And God's got a plan. Because, you know, when life hits you pretty hard, when something happens that was unexpected in your life, what do you, what, what are you looking for? What, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What, what, what's, what's going on? How, how can we get the... Ah, 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 ah. And some of you just throw up. <laughs> but you know what? When it comes to this stuff... Rest assured, God has got you. Well, how's he going to do it? Well, I just told you how he's going to do it. He's going to rescue you. 
He's going to rescue you. I said he's going to rescue you. He's going to rescue you. Hello? And you don't even have to call 911. He's going to rescue you. Has he rescued you before? I know he's rescued me. I don't know about you, but he's rescued me. He pulled me out. So if I can trust him to rescue me from the normal, everyday minutia of life, then I can certainly trust him with the great things. Amen? I didn't get very far, but that's... I want to stir you up. Man, it's time for us to get stirred about this stuff. People don't talk about this stuff anymore. They just don't do it. They want to talk about, well, we're trying to get wealth for the earth, you know. And we, I'm, I'm trying to make money so that I can establish, you know, missionaries and things of that nature. And then you look at their records and they don't give even to the church. That's for someone in this house. That's by the Spirit of the Lord. You're building your own kingdom. You're not building the Lord's kingdom. Well, I'm doing this business so that I can give to missionaries and do that, and they don't never give. I'm, I'm going to tell you by the Spirit of the Lord this, this, this night, and I don't know who it is, but I'm going to tell you, you're going to stand before the Lord one day. He's going to look you straight in the eye. He's going to ask you, what did you do with that blessing that I gave to you? Because we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Amen? See, the preeminence of Christ stirs us to act, to no longer procrastinate like we are people of the night. Remember the Apostle Paul talked about the people of the night? He said, we're not of the night, we're of the day. What do day people do? They go to work. Hello, there's loved ones that God has told you to talk to. You haven't even tried. There's missionaries you know that are suffering out on the field. And God told you to send them $20 a month. And you have refused to do it. There's kids that you're called to. But because you don't want to get out of your comfort zone, you're not going and enrolling and helping kids. There's young people that need your voice. But yet you're too busy trying to make money and you can't don't have time to show up and impact a, a child's life. These are things that got to stop. Amen. And that's why you're so miserable. And you're taking, you know, Tums and drinking, you know, Gaviscon and taking antidepressant pills. Well, God gave me this cross to bear. God didn't give you depression to bear. God didn't give you sickness to bear. I'm straightening someone out right now. I'm straightening someone out. It's your stuff that's making you miserable. It's what you're doing for yourself that's making you miserable. 
You're not living with the purpose that God gave you, which is an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's for somebody. I'm telling you guys, we don't have long. We don't have long. In one day, he's not going to be gentle Jesus. He's not going to be mean and nasty either. But you stand before that kind of power? You stand before the creator of the universe and you're going to bring that lame excuse. Hello, just put another stick on the fire because that's what you're going to get. Wood, hay, and stubble. Come on now. I'll tell you what, I'll probably bring some weenies and some s'mores because I'm going to have a lot of sticks on that too. But I'm also going to have some silver and I'm also going to have some gold and I'm also going to have some precious stones. But guess what? My mistakes, my procrastinations, all of my flaws and faults, it gets burned away, never to be remembered again. And I step into my new life free of it. Because that's how good our God is. Amen. Amen. Did you get anything out of that that help you? Yes. I'm telling you what, we got something to look forward to. Yes. Amen. Can we stand and lift our hands and praise the Lord as we close out tonight? tonight? It is tonight, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> praise the Lord. I don't know what they put in this, but it's good. Let's lift our hands and thank God for the blessed hope. Thank you. Thank you for the blessed hope. Thank you for this promise. Thank you that we live in the age of grace. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your goodness, your mercy to us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. (laughs) Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. Amen. Hallelujah. I just brought this marker board to aggravate you. So we'll maybe use it next week. Amen. And uh, lots of information. And I'm telling you, the Lord is just building and building on the inside of me. And as I began to study these things and reacquaint myself with this stuff and learn new stuff, I'm telling you what, my, my desire for the things of God has grown. My appetite for the things of God has grown. And I just feel a fire 
And I'm telling you, if you'll do the same thing and meditate on these, that fire's going to build. That fire's going to build, and you're just going to feel like invigorated because you know that your God is going to save the day. He's going to save the day. No matter what the evil empire tries to do, they can shout at us all they want to. They can have a flank of soldiers on the right and on the left. But we look up because our redemption draws nigh. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah! Praise God. Hallelujah. We're going to have a wonderful time on, on Sunday. We're going to be teaching on serpents and scorpions. Hallelujah. Coming against deception. Learning to recognize deception and learning to walk above deception in truth. So I encourage you, bring somebody. It's going to be a good time. 10 o'clock. It's going to be great. Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.